0: Well, you know what I like to do is have you guys do the talk for me. <laughs> I like the I love the questions and answers because then then you then I hear get to hear you speak. So I'm open if anybody has something they'd like to talk about or something that they have a question about. Uh-huh. I've do a
1: and
0: Well, the, the the essence of most, of all the forms of Buddhism, the the essence is the same. I mean, the, the same Buddha is the teacher, and his basic teachings that we call the Pali Canon, those are the ones that we use primarily, uh, are recognized by all the different forms of Buddhism. But but within that within the spread, you see Buddhism practiced a lot of, it looks different, a lot of different places. So um, Buddhism left India less than a thousand years after the Buddha had died. So it moved, the first country it moved to outside of India was Sri Lanka, which is where our monks are from. And uh, then it also spread to China so it, there were two big branches we think of, the one that spread towards China and northern Asia and the other that went through through Southeast Asia but started in Sri Lanka, started in India, they all started there, and then kind of moved out as, uh, as the monks traveled out and as uh, invaders came into India. Uh, uh, eventually a lot of the monks and the nuns were uh, pretty much killed off and the monks had ended up having to kind of escape very often if they didn't go out just to teach. So um, the tradition that we are is Theravadan, and so that's the group that went to Sri Lanka, and then Burma, and Thailand, and Laos, and Cambodia. Those are the main countries that practice this this form of Buddhism. And then the ones that first went to China and into Tibet and Japan and Korea, Uh, who am I missing, anybody? Uh, And Vietnam uh, became, that's the Mahayana tradition. And Tibetan Buddhism was sort of its own thing in Tibet, so it's often called Vajrayana because it's it really included a lot of its own uh, uh origin the the teachings as they were in tibet before buddhism so it's still under the the umbrella of mahayana buddhism so the the differences are often uh more cultural than anything else so and buddhism has adapted as it went into different cultu- cultures it would it would uh, adapt with the culture and I think that's because it never Buddhism never tried to uh claim to be a religion and take over and tell people they would they were forced to drop some other religion and take on Buddhism. So um uh, I think it, it made its way into most cultures rather easily because it was uh it was more a kind of way of living than it was like you've got to believe it wasn't a our God's better than your God. What? It
2: doesn't compete.
0: With right, it shouldn't compete, right? And um, that's those are the main. Mahayana Buddhism has, uh, there, are, there are beliefs that there are more enlightened teachers that have come after the Buddha, and so a lot of their teachings are, are recognized and may be recognized with the same level of acceptance, and for Theravadans, the Buddha's our main is our main guy still. And we're not saying that there are other aren't other enlightened people or teachers, but, but we always go back to the teachings of the Buddha, the historic Buddha. And um, that's what we we focus on. That's that's where our attention always is. What sect
1: was
2: Thich
0: Nhat Hanh? He's still alive, isn't he? When you said what was he, he hasn't. Okay, he he's Vietnamese, so he was he's Mahayana in that tradition. But uh, interestingly, in Vietnam, there's a there's more of a mix. Sometimes it's almost like the two forms of Buddhism sort of met in uh, in Vietnam because I've met different uh, monks who who were. Who grew up in Vietnam and they've become Theravadan monks, but they they kind of are happily mixed with uh, their their brothers and sisters in Vietnam. So I think there's some blending. And if you you know we we have a lot of Thich Nhat Hanh books that we use here because his teaching is so poetic and really beautiful. But he's his tradition is the Mahayana tradition. I
2: think technically. Yeah.
0: Right, because they, they're most of the most of the Mahayana traditions are a form of Zen, aren't they? Yeah. So, it, you know that what we call Zen is Japanese, and then Chan is a, is is the same form of the Mahayana Buddhism in China, and in Korea they, they practice Korean Zen. And Vietnam would be the same thing. I don't know what they call it. What's the Vietnamese word? What? Tien. Tien? Mm hmm. Well, it all all of the different Zen practices are considered Mahayana Mahayana but it's not it's not a separate thing it's just a separate form of Buddhism so I don't I don't so if you're um, i I don't know how to distinguish I mean the the Tibetan Buddhism is not Zen it doesn't there isn't a form of Zen in that but and all Japanese who are Buddhist are not Zen. But there are a lot of pure land Buddhist and, uh.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading recently about two schools about the Chinese variant was that got taken to Japan, um, that you know, what sort of made them slightly different from one another was an attitude toward enlightenment. Um, one of the schools is Soto and Rinzai. Uh, I can't remember which is which. These beliefs, but one believes that enlightenment is a is something you reach gradually through time, while the other is a that is sudden and instantaneous. Um, which doesn't really, you know, talk about like the process. That's just kind one of, like you know part of like their, their schools. Um, I, I was reading about Bodhidharma who what I was reading, he's supposed to be like the one who took this form of Buddhism to China that originally, you know, uh, that grew growing something that was recognizable as that. Um, and I think it was saying that there was a lot of focus on um, not sort of the action of the, uh, the practitioner, there's uh, a story where he's talking to the head of english Chinese nobleman or even emperor, someone with a lot of power. And the emperor asks him, how much merit will I gain if I encourage the you know building of Buddhist schools, monasteries, and the translation of Buddhist texts from the Indian language into Chinese, and he said, Absolutely not. And had to prove that point, he stared at the wall for nine years. <laughs> <This story. laughs>
0: uh, Those are wonderful stories, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs>
2: seems to be
1: something that's very that's, that's, inward focus, as opposed to a, you know, um, external interaction with the world at least at, at its first steps maybe at its totality. It seems like it, it a deeply inward journey um, and then, you know, maybe it's instant or gradual for that. That's about yeah. all. Depending
0: on the school of the, of the teacher and lineage is real important. Yeah. I, I don't know much about Zen. I... I it's uh, and i know a lot of zen practitioners but it's it's a little unfathomable unfathom, for, for me yeah, I Well their meditation is usually silent and and longer than we than we will do. And but of course we do silent meditations and we do others, but Zen is probably more uh, you're just sitting longer periods of time without any kind of guidance.
1: I, I heard a phrase, and I'm wondering if you ever come across it. And if you have what you might think about it, uh, the phrase is uh Theravada psychologist that Buddhism is for artists and Zen is for poets. heard of that as it goes around, I guess, American circles that talk about Buddhism. Uh, I, it, it intuitively made some sense to me. I was wondering if uh, you ever come across the phrase. You know, what you
0: Not that phrase, but I like it. I like that the Theravadans are thought of as those, those psychologist ones. Because, um, well, the, if, if you think about insight meditation society... That's, those are basic, the people who's, who began that are people who, whose tradition is Theravadan. So if you go to an insight meditation group, they'll say we're basically Theravadan, and they learn from their teachers uh, in Southeast Asia, usually in Burma, some in Thailand, and some in Sri Lanka. But a lot are psychologists. So a lot of the people who... Uh, It's a layperson led, uh, group, but their tradition is the same as ours. And then Tibetan, there's a lot of beautiful Tibetan art and it's very, you know, it's very colorful and very, I can imagine that that's very appealing to someone who's a, a visual artist or a, uh, any kind of artist would be drawn to that. And what was the other one? Zen is for poets. <laughs> well, look at Thich Nhat Hanh. That's our exam. That's one of our examples. <laughs> I remember in college reading uh, Zen. I'm like, I'm like, it was hard to describe Zen,
1: but I read Zen in the article Recycling and, and from that, I could get just a little bit of inkling about what Zen is all about. But I can't describe it and anybody else yet. You know?
0: Yeah, that's that's how quantum physics are for me. <laughs> there's a little there's a little kernel there. <laughs> I
2: think Mahayana, especially Tibetan Buddhism, puts more of an emphasis on bodhisattvas—people who, who could become enlightened, but they're delay their enlightenment so that they can help people in this world gain enlightenment also. And so a lot of uh, Where they lived in a Mandala, and then imagining yourself as that Bodhisattva until you become that Bodhisattva. So it's a very interesting uh, visualization meditation. And that's we don't do any of that in Theravada meditation.
0: Right. If you if you know if you're working with a teacher in this tradition, and you said you had wonderful visions and things like that, they they probably. Tell you, well, you'll get over that. You know? <laughs>
1: Uh huh. So I know I hear the Bodhisattva uh, vow has been offered and taken by uh, several practitioners, probably more than several. Uh, what is the difference in understanding of the Bodhisattva between the lockdown school and the Theravada school?
0: You know, that's a good question. And I would love to ask Monte Asaji, but he told me I can't do that to him anymore. <laughs> um, I, I think when we talk about it, we have we respect the the uh, Bodhisattvas, and a lot of, and you know, we have Kuan Yin. We have it uh, given by Malaysian students outside our temple, and uh, that's un that that may or may not be unusual for a Theravadan temple to have a. A bodhisattva outside um, or inside but we we don't necessarily we don't have the teachings and the training that go with them like Todd's talking about so and w- when we talk about the the uh, Bodhisattva precepts the first time we did that that was was a little bit of a surprise for me but but uh, we're taught we talk about that as the ten perfections, which we have in Theravadin teaching. Um, so I think we use the term the bodhisattva vows, maybe a little bit, it's a little looser than, <laughs> than it would be if you were Mahayanan. I mean, it's, but I think, I like to call those just the ten perfections. We take the training to work with those ten perfections. Um, so the difference is that we don't put the emphasis on those different bodhisattvas and, and do the training and the, you know, all the symbolism in them. And it's fine, but it's just not the focus that we have.
1: Would you say it's a solid parallel to uh, the way the Catholic Church venerates saints, uh, Christ will be the same?
0: Yeah. I, don't you think that's even... Do you think that's a little bit the way it is, Todd? No. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was originally trained as a Tibetan Buddhist, so... <laughs> so no?
2: The saints are somewhat living forever. And, of course, in Buddhism, there is no living somewhere forever. Um,
0: but other than that...
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so the bodhisattvas are... Usually described as deities, although I think that's a bad translation, not deities of gods or like that. They are what um, we And they can, in Mahayana teaching, they can emanate or, um come into reality any time place, um, and help people. Because that's their mission. So, I don't think think the same story. I suppose the saints can pray to heaven, to God. I don't know. I'm not a Catholic. But they're
0: not the same thing. Well, they're sort of. I think they're sort of the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) I've been studying uh, that a lot because I'm trying to make Buddhist holy cards, like the Catholic holy cards.
2: (laughs) To to me, in that description, the bodhisattva's if, if you're gonna make parallels or try to draw similarities between Catholicism and, and, and Buddhism, I think you see that as more of an angelic trait as opposed to a saintly trait, um, where kind of the idea of an angel can help, but there is, i is—I've too many moons have passed since any type of Catholic, uh, Catholic teaching. Um, I don't think there is that miracle that is required Required to become a saint, for something to be an angel, and again, I, I um, it's, this is beyond me, but that, that's kind of in my feeble brain. That's how I would draw that parallel. <laughs>
0: yeah, there are specific rules as to who becomes a saint, right? They have to. They have yeah, to. They're,
2: they're, mm-hmm. Right, is at least one of them. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to become an angel. I don't, <laughs> but I don't know, so.
0: It's it's uh, I'm I know it's not that's good that you brought up angels, but you know if you're you do call on saints for protection, so uh, they 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 have that uh, people call on them through prayer and they become, you know you call on Saint Jude if you have like for lost causes and Saint Francis and. There are many of them, and so they're they're kind of there the way a bodhisattva would be, but I don't think there. I mean, there are lots of beautiful parallels I think in all religions, where you where you have kind of layers of uh, beings who are there, who are there to to help you on the way. So, but I, I'm he's he knows about bodhisattvas. And I respect Todd's knowledge and all things Tibetan Buddhist, but I think saints are a little bit like bodhisattvas. That's just my opinion <laughs> we need we there are a lot of Catholics who become Buddhist. I think we could have a good discussion around that if we had some if you you were raised Catholic, yes.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, just the people who said they were, were raised Catholic is at least a third of this room. The ones that, yeah, so yeah,
1: I find the precepts similar to the similar But
2: there are there are a lot of
0: differences and a lot of differences yeah which is probably what makes it comfortable for and the Theravadan or the Theravadan, Theravadan branch of Buddhism is called is tends to be called the conservative branch of Buddhism and uh I think it's conservative in the fact that it, we that we go back to the teachings of the Buddha, and and which to me is is great because he taught a lot, and it it just makes it easier than deciding if you want to pick a competing. I, I don't know how. I don't know how people who are Mahayana followers decide who they're going to pay attention to. So I really like it that I can go back and read the teachings of the Buddha and decide for myself. You know, where well this is what the Buddha said, and he taught this a lot of different times, a lot of different places, and that gives me plenty to work with. So I think servative in that in that sense that it's we always refer back to the teachings of the Buddha. And most, uh, most scholars and the, the people who look at the works, they, they feel that the, the uh, Pali Canon, we don't think of it sacred the way some Christians think the Bible is, but it's, it's, it's pretty accurate. Probably the, the, the teachings are consistent with what the Buddha actually did teach. And if things were added, they can kind of see, well, they fit in with the teachings. So, in that sense, it's it's considered conservative. But in all other things, I don't think of myself as conservative, but I'm comfortable with that label with uh, Theravada and Buddhism. Uh huh. It's, we call it the Pali Canon because it's written in Pali and the Canon just c- includes all the different teachings and we call it's the t- Tipitaka d- depending on how some people pronounce it the tri- Tipitaka but it's the Tipitaka do you say Tipitaka? Tip- and that includes what that's what we call the three baskets so they're the teachings that were for the the teachings that were for the monks and nuns, the Vinaya, and then there's the basket of all the, the teachings of the Buddha. And then the other basket is like the Dhammapada and the Jataka tales and their other, uh, the Teragata and the Terigata, the teachings of the senior nuns and the senior monks. There are some smaller uh the third basket is, includes all those different collections and things. In Abhidham. the Abhidhamma, yeah, which is the uh, kind of like the psychology of, of Buddhist Buddhism. Is
1: this
0: like commonly found in like a book? Yeah, uh, not in a book, but but if you wanted all of the if you wanted all of the uh, the the teachings of the Buddha, that's probably maybe. The ones that have been translated into English would be about six or seven big books. Okay. Big books, <laughs> and uh, the the other baskets wouldn't be quite as large, but but, the, but you can find them. You can buy them.
2: I think you uh,
1: you showed me a website or told me about a website at one point that had a uh, multiple translations. Like it was really efficient. You know, the Sutta
0: Suta Central. Yeah,
1: Sutta Central. Yeah, that, that's a, a wonderful resource uh, for, you know, beginning to, like, delve into the Pali Canon because it, it is so large, and it, the way it presents multiple translations of the same thing, really, you know, gives anybody who wants to investigate it you know, a lot of options in terms of how to look at it and think about it.
0: Yeah. Did you, did you hear what he said? It's called Suta, Sutta, S-U-T-T-A, Sutta Central to work and it's suttacentral.org. I think it's, yeah. yeah. You can and you try two or three, I think you'll probably go Sutta Central. And the, one of the good things about it is they've, they've now have, um, you can listen to it being read. They've, they've got it in, in voices. I, so if you want to listen to the suttas, you can do that. But his goal is to put it in to, uh, the website is Bante, Bante Sujato, who's an Australian monk, uh, is translated. He, he has translations from other people as well, but, uh, his goal was to, to put it in as many languages as he could and to, so he's got a whole lot of people around the world who work with him on this project, but, it's really good, it's in different languages, but they're all also in Pali, which is the language that when we chant that's Pali. and the teachings uh are are all in Pali, so that's the language that we that we that's our liturgical and our uh, chanting language and uh liturgical and canonical i guess so It's it's a bit overwhelming if you would see all that material, but that's a good place to start. And you know, if we if I was uh, if I was going to do a talk tonight, I wanted to talk about the you know you can find one thing about Buddhism that you're drawn to, maybe one sutta or one of the list. Like the four noble truths, or the five aggregates, or the five hindrances, and instead of being overwhelmed with how much there is, just pick one of those things, one aspect, maybe one of the ten perfections, and then and just study that, just look at that, uh, listen to talks about it, and see why it's important in Buddhism. Uh, it might be the the five. The, the five precepts or the, the bodhisattva vows, the ten perfections, but just pick a, pick one little piece of it and let that be the way you enter the river, the way you step in the river. And remember all those, it's like all roads lead to Rome, and the way the Buddha talked about it is all those, any of those ways we, we find his teachings, we're stepping into a river, but all those rivers lead to the ocean, and the ocean has one taste, and that's salt. And so that that way, any any of those little small teachings or ideas can be the thing that that's 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 what you can work with and go from there. I think that's that's wonderful, uh, wonderful teaching because otherwise you can just get overwhelmed. Uh-huh. Um, I the really like question, what are, do you know are they short the five aggregates and the five um, I never heard of the, and you know there's a really good talk, maybe a few on the our uh, on our podcast. I know Bhante Badia did one recently on the five hindrances. And the the five hindrances are the things that they're five things that can keep us from uh, making any headway with our practice, with our practice, with our lives. So sensual desire, aversion, sloth and torpor, and restlessness and doubt. And you you can, the, that's a wonderful place to start, even just one of those. So uh you can, and these lists, you can find the list everywhere if you just think, uh, I found another list on some site today. I'll have to bring it because it's got it's like four pages of list, and there have been books written about the list because the traditional way of teaching oral uh, teachings was to memorize everything. So if you had a list, they're much easy. It's much easier to memorize list, right, than just big pieces of literature. But those are good places to start. the uh, form feeling uh perception consciousness and dhamma so that's what we're that's what we're our that's our body and our mind that's what we're made up of so and and so those those are the five parts of 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 everything that's compounded those are that's a good one too so Just grab one little thing, and you can work with it for a long, long time. Thank you, everybody. Now, I have one thing. I don't know if we have many announcements, but um, the Taste of Sri Lanka is coming up on March the 9th, and uh, it's very, right now, they're working on getting all the things together for the auction, and the, what is the other thing, Todd? It's the auction and the silent auction, right? Silent auction are the smaller items, and you know, you can go up and put your name and bid for it, and then you can fig- see if you want it at the end. But we really, we, it's, this is about the time that we begin to get real seriously asking people to think about what you have, or think about something that you have that you, you would love to gener- generously, uh, give it to the, to the, silent auction or usually the, the the auction auction the live auction we have sort of big ticket items and the silent auction are things that are set up on tables and you can go and bid for them but you may have a wonderful service something that you do that you'd like to offer and you can put a if you if you have a retail price you'd like it you think it would be or you know if you if you're a dog sitter, or if you're a painter, or if you do massage, or if you if you work in a nail salon, or you give haircuts, all those things are uh, dog walker. All those services. Um, sometimes people put together a collection of something, maybe some wonderful essential oils and. <clears throat> you you know, maybe information about what the different oils can be used for, and then they can be in a nice basket, and that's a, you know, very attractive thing to put in the silent auction. In the live auction, we've had people auction, uh, uh, like a weekend at their timeshare or a vacation that's taken care of with a place to stay and... Uh, other things might be big items like a TV or something something big. Uh, and and, there, and the auctions are wonderful. The mayor of Woodstock does the live auction. He's, he couldn't be there last year, but he's doing it this year. And he's great. He's really a good professional auctioneer, so it really makes the, the program fun and it moves it fast. But... That's a, that's our biggest fundraiser for the year. So, uh, just just think about things that you you have or know s- somebody who has something that they maybe they got married and they got too many of the same thing and they they'd love to give some of that their overstock to uh, to the Buddhist temple. And do you have a deadline for that?
2: Uh-huh. second
0: try to try to get the things in by the second and that money is that money is used for the temple and it's uh it's our it's really our biggest fundraiser and it's that we a lot of it a lot of what we get is from the auction so